podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic. Bad advice. So, uh, recently, Dance Magazine released an article of several professionals telling really bad advice that they were given, you know, probably in the start of their careers, but some of them probably in the middle of their professional careers. And so, Danielle, I want to do an episode about the horrible advice that we have received, or I've heard others others give to other people. And these are like, I've heard well-known professionals, people that have been working in the industry for years, give really, just really bad advice. Mm-hmm. And the thing, especially when you're giving advice about a person's career, there are so many different paths and avenues that you can take when it comes to building your career and like the strength, a person's strength and weaknesses and things like that. So I think it's important to curve your advice to the people that you have or the people that are in front of you. Um, Because I know that a big thing that I went through is that working with a lot of like hip hop dancers in the city, a lot of, one of my partners, her response was always, don't worry about college, go to a cat, you know, go to a cattle call casting, you need to get an agent, you need to get an agent, you need to grab one while you're young, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't, you don't want to waste that time in college. And I was kind of like, that's a horrible idea. Um, now for some, I do believe that for some people, going straight into the industry is, is the correct answer. But I'm, I'm just a big proponent of some type of edu- educational training or backing, be it like, you know, you're an Ailey 2 or ABT2. And granted, in the hip-hop world, there aren't really hip-hop companies or things like that. So you kind of do just have to go into the industry. But the knowledge and understanding that I've gotten being like going to school for dance has kept my body safe. And I know numerous mm-hmm. people, it's just like that basic understanding of what my body needs, I learned in college, you know, or the variety of different dance styles that I that they make you learn in a college dance program are what really kind of cement it for me that I do or don't like a certain style. So that's being said, uh, let's start with our first bit of bad advice from our article on Dance Youth Magazine. We're not going to go through the whole article. You are more than welcome to read it. Yeah. But I want to hit on some of the highlights that I thought were absolutely amazing. The first one. Um, this is from a B-girl and a choreographer. And she says, Someone told me to always have another dancer in the corner of my eye to compare myself to because that will push you to be better. No. In no way, shape, or form. Yeah. So here's the thing about it. There, It's always good to have people to look up to. It's always good to have... It, it's it, good to have someone around you to push you if you have someone who's similar to you or working mm-hmm. toward the same goals. like Or someone you just take class with or yes. you know, go out dancing with, whatever, go to auditions with. It's always great to have someone with you to push you, but that should be the extent of... 
of what it is. It should be a push in terms of like we look up, we look up to each other. Mm-hmm. We're trying to help each other, so we push each other to do better. It's not about comparing yourself, and it's not about a challenge. And the problem, the biggest problem with this is. When you start comparing yourself to someone else, you are never going to see your own successes because it's always, I mean, it's pretty much the social media effect that's going on now. You know, yes, you look at people's time. Instagrams, Facebooks, you know, Snapchats, it's always, it's the highlight reel. Yes. So if you're looking at someone else and you're trying to compare yourself, you're only going to see their highlight reel in your eyes and you're going to see all of your negativity and so not only is this helping you to grow as a better dancer or choreographer and pushing yourself to learn new things and experience new things but it's also going to really take a toll on your mental state as a human being and And that's super unsafe and your own growth just stops like it, it makes me think of the quote as like if a fish compares itself to a bird it'll never learn how to swim yes and like i just Especially living in New York and seeing such a diverse group of dancers constantly. I work with such a large group. I actually am kind of excited for that tomorrow. I have a training where I get to see, like, the whole, my, the whole, the agency I work for, all the dance teachers are getting together tomorrow. Which I I, love those. Which I, never do. So, like, I get to see people that I never get to see Mm -hmm. because we're all, all over the city. Um, But it's one of those things of, like, we're all dancers, we're all choreographers, but, like, we all have such different backgrounds. And, like, a friend of mine... She didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. Like, she got a chance to perform with her country's national dance team. So she started with them. And then, like, from that, she started touring. Mm-hmm. And then she came to America and was like, oh, I kind of want to settle down for a little bit. But that didn't happen, you know. But she was like, there was years where it was like me and my suitcase and the road. Yeah. And that was perfectly fine for her. But then another friend of ours, she was like, oh, no, I went to school for this. Like, I am, I was that yep. bun head. Like, that is me. That is what I do. I don't do the whole... Like, freelancing is not her favorite thing to do. Yeah. You know, she's like, I'm I'm very, you go to your studio, you take your class, you go to your auditions, I, you know. So to compare, to be in class with these two people, and we've all taken class together, to compare myself to either one of these people would make no sense. Yeah. Like, I would not grow as a person if I, if I took that time and did that. So I just think, yeah, I'm with Danielle. It definitely, you don't want to see someone else's highlight reel and let it affect your own mental health. And I just think... To do that, I just, I can't imagine doing that in, like, a class where I'm just staring at somebody else to be like, oh, I need to be like them. And it's like... And you lose yourself. Like, you you lose your artistry and what you can bring to the piece and the performance because you're trying to be someone else. And trying to be someone else is never going to, what they're doing is never going to look good or as good on you because you're not, you're a different person and you need to do what you need to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So our next one um, comes from a ballerina. And the bad advice she was given was, you should straighten your hair more. And the reason why I find this the most annoying thing in the world is coming from a music theater background, we can make a person look like whatever we want them to look like. I'm just confused, especially because this is a ballerina with uh, Pacific Northwest Ballet. Um, Your hair is... (laughs) Never Nine times out of ten, going in a bun. Unless it's maybe like Romeo and Juliet and for some reason your hair's down in one of the scenes or something like that. But nine times out of ten, your hair's up in a bun. So what does the difference make? None. None. I can't. But again, like even in in every genre of dance I can think of. Because even in like hip hop, there are plenty of times like you come to set looking like whatever. And I was like, yeah, we're going to braid your hair and put it in a wig. 
or like because we like or we we'll want, straighten your hair for you right it's like they your look will mold and shit like i mean will mold and shift on a regular basis right so like wear what's complimentary to you but like for someone to be like you have to straighten your like hair that's more, their like, that's their piece of advice to a professional dancer is just really hilarious i just yeah because i'm totally with you every i don't think i've seen a single ballet Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. She has like a crown braid and like her hair is down. That's that's the only ballet I can think of where like her hair is down. Everything else, not a chance. Not a chance now. That is, oh, that's horrible. Uh, This one comes from, I think she's a modern dancer. Yeah, commercial, a commercial dancer. And her bad advice was, that someone gave to her was, that she shouldn't move to New York. Now, I, when I was reading this, this sparked um, something in me because I remember when I was in college and I was born and raised in New York and went to college out in Colorado, had a wonderful college experience, got some really, really great training. It's where I started choreographing and realizing that's that was the path I wanted to go down. But when I was about to graduate, I still, you know, I wanted to pursue choreography, but I still was young. I was 22 and I still wanted to perform. And I said, well, I'm moving back to New York because New York's my home. Mm-hmm. And I love New York. I love the energy of the city. I love all the different cultures and events and things it has to give to you. And that's what I want to be part of. And has anyone who any for anyone who has ever met me knows that like I am a New Yorker through and through. Yeah. Like my parent, my dad's from the Bronx, my mom's from Long Island. We grew up here. Our families are from here. Like I just New York is always will always be my home. So I wanted to move back. And um, I had a professor go, well, that's going to be really hard to just try to make it in New York. You should move to a smaller city. And she actually was like, you should move to, um, I would look at Midwestern cities. She goes, you could go to a Midwestern city such as, she goes, such as Branson. She's like, you could definitely get a performing job in Branson and perform all the time. When Danielle said, we talked about this pre-recording, and when Danielle said Branson, I have some really good friends that work in Branson and they're performing the shows down there. Everything goes, Danielle would hate that place. Oh, I've never been there and I even knew. I was like, (laughs) absolutely fucking not. And then I also was told, well, why don't you go to Ohio? Dance for, try to dance for a smaller company in Ohio or do theater in Ohio. It's not too, you know, it's right in between, um, you know, the East Coast and the Midwest. And I have a bunch of friends. I have a couple of friends that currently live in Ohio. I have a bunch of really good friends that are originally from Ohio. Mm-hmm. I even looked at going to Ohio State. There is cool. nothing wrong with Ohio except I don't. Uh, it's not for me. I don't see myself mm-hmm. living there. It's not a place I want to be. That is not to say it's a bad state. It's just that is not me. And so those are just... And then I was even told, like, okay, well, if you want to be in a city, then you should go to Chicago or Seattle. Now, love both of the cities mm-hmm. a lot. Could probably live in Seattle. But why Why would I move there and spend, let's be honest, ju- the same amount of money to live there Very true. when I could just move to New York where I have my family as a support system that's still mm-hmm. here, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. I have, my parents don't live here anymore. I have friends, friends that I grew up with, mm-hmm. friends that I've made here. So that was such, that was really resonated with me, the bad advice that she got because I got the same thing Expect and as being someone who was from New York and very, very proud and vocal about being from New York. It was very interesting to be told, like, 
I don't think you should move back to New York. And now I'm like, look how much I've done with my life. Right. That's so for me, I was, I never got the direct don't move to New York talk, but I, again, I'm from the South, went to school, I'm from Georgia, went to school in Florida and we had a depart, and I've always been that crazy music theater nerd. And then like when I started studying dance in college, it just got worse. Cause like everything's in New York. So I, I had a professor that was like, oh, you spent a lot of time focusing on what's coming out of New York, be it theater or dance, you know, like, but you're focused a lot on New York and like Broadway. Why is that? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. He's like, I don't keep up with that kind of stuff. And my response to him, I said, well, because it's a ripple effect. New York has a lot of everything. And what happens in New York often affects every other theater or even dance company outside of New York. Um, so it's something to kind of be aware of, you know, because things will go through a huge swing. Like, I mean, it's, it's about like, um, right now, everyone's kind of in this like weird ballroom phase. We're kind of swinging out of it finally, but like everything yeah. is ballroom right now, you know? And that's showing like Latin music is shown all up in like dance companies all over the place that don't you typically do Latin music. So like it's just kind of like it's the epicenter of everything, so everything kind of branches out from there. And like after I made that statement, he kind of like jumped on the bandwagon on the same kind of thing. But I just know being from a smaller college in a smaller city, like it was a lot of like you either do great in New York or you're gonna hate it. Yes. And that to me always was like, that's true, but like know the person that you're dealing with. And I have a really good friend that I would love for her to move to the city. She's not a dancer, but she, I think she would do wonderful here in the city, but she herself is just like, nope, it would not do well with And that's so fair. Like New York, you know? New York is not for everyone. That's 100% fair. But if you were giving that advice, even if you were like New York's, say I, and I think I'm going to rephrase because obviously I love New York. But I think that's the biggest thing is I think the people who give the advice, you shouldn't move to New York. It's not going to work. You're never going to work. Are usually a lot of people who not necessarily couldn't get work in New York, but they just don't like New York. And yeah. that's okay. That's totally fine. Yes. But know who you're talking to. Just because you had a negative experience or you're like, I can't be in New York City. I mean, let's be. New York City is not for everyone. It's not. That's fine. I personally... I don't like LA. I Ooh, visited it. Uh, I have friends that ooh. live there. I will gladly go out and visit them and hang out with them there and take a little vacation. I don't like LA. I visited it, it and I was like, I could never live here. Traffic. I'll go visit. I'll go visit and see my friends. But because mm -hmm. that, but it's the same thing with New York. There are people who are like, I just don't like New York. But that should not be. You should not be telling everyone you know that. Don't, don't move, move to New York. York. And I would say that when it goes to you should not move to X, Y, whatever big city. My general response is I, I will tell anyone I said you need to visit. Yeah. And you need to visit for an extended period. I would incur any dancer that like wants to do this for a career path. My response would be you need to try to get into a summer intensive program in New York City. Like yeah. do Joffrey, do you know Ailey's do do work with some company that's in New See York City for an extended just period. For you. Because the big yes. dance the big dance cities right now are New York, um, Chicago, LA, mm -hmm. San Francisco, um, Boston and DC to somewhat, not as not as much as, as those. Boston ones. is trying. I've been hearing a yeah. about Boston. Lately. But really like and Seattle too is up there too. Seattle, yeah. San Francisco, New York, LA, but like 
go visit. Yeah, do an intensive. Or if you have the means, literally just go out and live take there. a shit ton of classes and live there and do the nightlife and the daylife right. and everything. Right, and that's why I say it. And decide... What gives? What makes you excited? Does this city city make mm-hmm. you excited to get up and go do things and go to class, or does the other city make you more excited to be there? And the reason why I say I live there is because I like with me. I visited New York City several times, but it was only after I was here for like an extended period of weeks on end, and eventually I think they rolled in the months before I like was traveling between gigs and whatnot. But like. That's when I realized, oh, this is what I have to do. Get up and go to class every morning. This is what I have to yeah. do to eat the healthy food that I want to eat. Like, you need to learn all of that before you make a decision on moving. And I think that's a part of it. Because the one I have, I have said this, I've said this numerous times when I get frustrated with the cold. Because I, like, it gets miserable up here sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, like, people from, like, Europe are like, New York is colder. And it's like, that just makes me sad. When New York gets crazy, my response is, if there were not as many theaters and dance companies and opportunities as an artist condensed into one city, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't live in New York City. And then I have other days where I'm like, nah, I'm staying in New York City. Like, I would yeah. never leave it. But that, to me, is why I say live there and understand it because it's one of those things of some people are okay having two or three companies that they can work with and, like, you know, work off of mm-hmm. and make a living off of. I'm not that person. Like, I like having multiple companies or, you know, that have multiple different influences. I like the fact that in New York City, I can take class at Alvin Ailey, Perry Dance, BD, uh, Broadway Dance Center, whomever, Steps. Like, there are so, we, just the other day, me and Danielle were talking, there's another um, dance, like, company here that does, like, yeah, um, I gotta find the name of it again. Does, like, house dance or yeah. something like that. So, like, they're just, and they're, like, there's a Limon company here that I've taken one class here when I first moved here that I'm, like, I absolutely love them. I'm gonna go back and take more Limon classes. And, like, several of the founders, like, dance under Limon and all this kind of stuff like this. And, like, it's one of those things that I like that there's such a variety here for me. So, when I do, like, my love for West African dance only developed because of someone I was working with and the fact that there are numerous classes that I could take take here in the city mm-hmm. of that style. And that to me is important. And I know coming from Georgia, there's ballet and there's hip hop. And that is it. Mm-hmm. There's not even a lot of music theater dance classes. There was certainly no West African. Like there, you know, so it's things like that that make me go like, or even like, I'm kind of getting into the salsa and ballroom dances now again, which is kind of fun. None of that stuff existed for me in these smaller cities. So, like, that immediately eliminated them for me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people may feel that way. You know, it may be one of the, like, I know plenty of dancers are like, I want to dance with ABT. If I'm not dancing with ABT, I'm not dancing. Yeah. But then I have another friend who literally, she's like, oh, I like dancing at a smaller company. She's like, I've been a principal since I was 25 years old. And she, lo- you know, and she loves it. And they do a sold out season every year. So I think it's it's definitely just a matter of, knowing the person but i would never just flat out say don't move to x city yes um i think yeah we got two two more let's do two more um maybe more we'll see this one comes from another ballerina uh out of washington ballet and her bad advice that was given to her was stay where you are comfortable yeah. I, I've never heard anyone in any career field say that, that is successful. 
No, and I mean, like, it. it is one of those things where it's scary to try something always. new. And it's scary to put yourself out there, go to an audition in a style you're not used to, take a class in a style not, you're not used to, whatever. But that's how you become a successful dancer and choreographer is you become versatile and knowledgeable in all of these different forms. Or even if it's the same form. Like, I know people literally, is. I'll go back to, let's use City Ballet this time. I can go back and take, you've been take training in ballet since I, you know, was a wee one. And then, you know, it's time for me to audition for City Ballet and I'm like terrified. Again, I can either stay dancing with the same studio that I've done for years yep. or I can, you know, take the leap oh, and yeah. audition for it. And it's one of those things of like, to, you have to be uncomfortable to get better. Yes. You will never know. Growth is painful. You And you will never know, like, your limits or what you're capable yes. of until you're put into those situations where you're told, like, see what happens. And it's true because, and I, I've just seen it from numerous angles of, like, the hard work and dedication that you put in training yourself. And again, dancers, we put our bodies through the ringer mm -hmm. on a regular basis. To stay that comfortable, you wouldn't grow. I think of something as simple as, like, a, a split or a batma. It's not going to, your split's not going to get flat on the ground or the bottom, the leg's not going to get any higher if you don't work and stretch. Yep. And that working and stretching doesn't happen overnight. Nope. And it's rarely ever comfortable. And that no. to me just doesn't make, so to say stay where you're comfortable, like. That just doesn't even make sense to me. And that, I think, honestly, I think that's a very dangerous mindset to have as an artist because you just won't work long as an artist. Because if you... I, I think of me as a um, a freelance choreographer that goes into a lot of schools and a lot of different companies. My style may not be standard for what they're doing at the time. Mm -hmm. And so for me, if I were to meet a dancer that's straight up like, no, I'm not going to do that. That that doesn't fit me. I would be like, cool. I don't ever want to work with you ever again. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Like that would be, that's all that just plays in my head is that I just go, I don't ever want to work with you again. Like yeah. that's all I would think of if I met a dancer with that kind of mindset. Um, this one comes from a tap dancer and choreographer, and his bad advice was, you'll sleep when you're dead. I, I, I'm guilty. I said this in college, being young and naive, and I remember one of my dance professors, Lana Haylock, I'll shout her out, she, um, danced with Ohio Ballet forever and a day, and was, worked, uh, closely with Jennifer Muller company, like, Love her. Love Jennifer Rochelle. She's the one that taught me. She looked at me, and Ronji, Lana has been around the game for a while. She looked at me and goes, uh, that's ridiculous. And she just kind of left it alone. Mm -hmm. Lana, as I sit here 29 years old, I understand what you mean. The reason we did not have an episode last week is because I overdid it. I taught, three, I taught two hip-hop classes and three tap classes in one day, and my body died. That was on Monday of last week. Yeah. I still had it. I danced every day last week. Yeah. So, like, my body was not capable. I, need, I did not prepare. And I did take one tap class the week before, but I did not adequately prepare to teach so many classes like I ended up doing last week. Whoa. And, well, like, am now. And so my body gave out. So, like, literally, that is, I understand that expression of just being like, get your rest, go to sleep, don't feel bad, because you need to sleep more than eight hours today. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? I even. I was sick all of last week and I had to work through it and I felt bad about not even just making my yoga classes mm -hmm. 
And I was like, I don't like being stagnant. You know, I, I grew up a dancer. I like, yep. I am now a dance teacher and choreographer. I am active in my everyday life. And I love, like, love having different, I love doing different fitness things that are all sorts of different, like, cross-training things, right? I love yoga. I love boxing, whatever. So I don't like staying stagnant. And last week it was very hard for me to mm-hmm. not work out. Mm-hmm. Even in teaching, I would have kids and my older kids lead classes. And demonstrate, because, yep. And demonstrate because I would try to do the warm-up. And at the end of the warm-up, my heart rate would spike. And I would be exhausted. And I could feel my fever, like, rattling on. But it's so true. Like, I didn't work out all week. I slept this whole yes. past weekend. Slept. I feel like a brand new person. So there are things like... If you don't sleep, you're going to make yourself sick. Or if you just go, 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 you're going to get sick because that naturally happens. And if you go, 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 you're going to get more and more and more sick. Sleep is what your body, like our bodies are our instruments. Sleep is what your body needs. And if your body's not getting that, your instrument's going to break. And that's, I mean, that's just how I feel about it. It's one of those things of like, you need to listen to the warning signs of your body. And like, I haven't thought too much about it, but I'm sure if I go back to last week, my body probably gave me a couple warning signs throughout the day on Monday. Last Monday to be like, this is not working. Something's not right. I'm off. I need more. I need recovery time. You know, but again, I pushed through. And that's why, like, I pushed through. But that's why I was like, I can't leave my house. So we weren't able to meet up and record. Because me and Daniel both needed more sleep and yeah. rest. So to tell a young dancer, you'll sleep when you're dead. Push yourself to be your best, absolutely. But like, you'll sleep with your dad. It's just not a hell. It's it's an older mindset that's just not healthy. Yeah. And I have learned better in yes. my old age. And I'm not even that old, but I've learned better. I would never go for that. And let's think of a good one. Ooh, yeah. I wanted to talk about this one. Um, oh, yeah. So this one comes from... Someone that dances with the Martha Graham Company. Um, that's Modern Dance, Martha Graham. One of like, the pioneers of modern dance at that. And the bad advice that she was given, you will never be able to dance again after you have a child. I'm not even going to say that's bad advice. I'm going to call that a flat-out lie. Well, and then she all, <laughs> let's, let's continue. So she goes on to say, so that was her bad advice in quotes. And then she goes on to say, as a matter of fact, I auditioned for the Martha Graham Company twice. Two years apart. The first audition was before I had my daughter and I was not picked. The second time was right after I had a baby and I was hired. It's it's just not true. It's, it's just a lie. Like, I have numerous friends. First of all, there are so many Broadway dancers. There are so many gypsies on, on Broadway with kids that are kicking to their nose on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just think it's, I think it's an old thing of, like, if you want a career in the arts, like, that needs to be it. That's your love, your pride, your joy. That's your obsession. Like, you don't get to have a relationship. You don't get to uh-uh. buy a house. You don't get to yeah, have a dog another. and a kid. But the thing is, like, if that's meant to be your career in some capacity, it doesn't matter. And... It can't, for you to be a full rounded dancer or choreographer with worldly experience Mm -hmm. and feelings and emotions and knowledge, that doesn't just come from dance, that also comes from life experiences. And I think it says something really big that she said she auditioned right after she had her baby and was hired. I am sure those auditions look 100% different and I'm 
100% sure it had something to do with the fact that she went through carrying a child for nine oh, months. Oh, yeah. And, well, that's also the thing that, like... So, what's also so funny to me is that, like, I... I know two dancers that, like, are phenomenal. And one of them I met... Her child... What, her, how old is that child now? I don't want to say his name. But, like, he's about to start high school. I think he starts high school next year. Mm-hmm. So, her child was, like, 10 years old. And she's a fabulous dancer and has, like, done all kinds of crazy stuff, been on television, has a, a wonderful career. And doing, matter of fact, she just posted about a salsa gig she had last night. Mm-hmm. She was like, I remember her talking with her about, like, um, the same subject came up from someone else that said something relatively the same about you'll never dance. She was like, that was my mother-in-law. She's like, when my I got pregnant, my mother-in-law was like, well, what are you going to do now? You know, that music theater degree you got now, it's pretty useless. And my friend was like, mm, I'm going to keep going. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm going to have to wait to try to start auditioning again, but I'm going to have to keep, I, like, I'm just going to keep going. And she's yeah. like, well, who's going to look after your son? And she's like, mm, I, I, me and his father who I'm married I'm to. I don't, like, I don't when, people, when people say things like that, I'm like, <laughs> she's pause. She's very like, what's going on? Well, here? when people say things like that, like, oh, but you're like, you work in the performing arts. Like, who's going to watch your kid? Pause. Um. Who watches your kid when you're a teacher, you. work in the fi- work in finances, work for a hedge fund? Thank you. Like it doesn't anything. You're anything. Like no matter what your job is, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're out of the house just as much or more. Who's watching your kid then? Exactly. So to use that as an excuse is just really sad. And then my other friend Terry, she's a t- Terry's a prima ballerina with. Oh, God, I don't know. She just changed companies, but dance and ballet somewhere. Terry, it, she she laughed so hard because she, same thing. Her It was her mother-in-law and her mother that was like, after you dance, you know, after you have a kid, you're never going to dance again. And she was like, actually, I think I'll be back sooner than you think. Mm-hmm. Because it's a common thing for most dancers that if their core muscles are too, female dancers, their core muscles are too tight, they will have to do a C-section because their bodies won't relax enough to give birth. Yeah. So, sure enough, Terry had a C-section. Her child was born in August, and she danced Nutcracker in December. Mm-hmm. Like, she just... Yeah. It was no and- question. Literally, she showed up to rehearsal, and everyone was like... They was like, wait, are you back? She goes, uh, I'm dancing late in Nutcracker. What you think was going to happen? And everyone was like... Cool, and she she was beautiful. Like it's one of those things of like every dancer I know that dances after child goes. My eyes are open to so many more things. Yeah, I understand my body better. Or it's like it's so nice to have my body back after giving birth to. You. So right. I'm just like I don't. There is nothing in me that understands that. The concept that just like popping out a kid. Well, is kind I'm of just like career. if you want to have if you want to have a kid and you want to have a career, then you will have both. Yes. And I think that that can. And if you want anything. one or the other, that is a choice. That is, one hundred percent your choice and your choice alone. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. I mean, I, we actually there is another episode where we were very much going to talk about like having full time jobs and full you know full life. Yeah, I think we'll get to that because I get that to just that makes me think, up as well. Thinking more like that, life does not end just because you decided to have a kid. It just it just doesn't. No. Um, but what I what I will say when it comes to like bad advice or advice that you're not sure about like keep living keep living and trust your instincts 
and run this run advice that you get through multiple sources. Yeah. Because something that I know that I really love is that my family are not artists. They are not like one or two are hobbyist singers that did really well. But like in general, my family are non-arts people. They will go see it. But the concept of paying your bills via the arts is not what they do. Yeah. I will get advice or like something will happen in my career and I will ask them because they are going to give me a very generic, Mm -hmm. this is my experience as like, you know, blue collar workers. This is our answer. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, their answer will make more sense to me or I will understand it better why someone gave me that advice. Mm -hmm. Because it's the same kind of thing when a lot of people weren't really pushing for us to do... Um, solo auditions at a specific theater or like they were very like go to the big conferences go to the big conferences go to the big conferences and my dad was like it makes sense to go to the big conferences because like he's like it's a lot cheaper you know you get more bang for your buck he's like but at a big conference like that you may like I'm sure you're gonna get seen but maybe you don't get seen he's like I feel like it's a little bit more intimate when you do go to their theater and if you can do it easily go do it and I was just like you that makes up, so yeah. sense. So I would get very picky, especially when I was still living in Atlanta. I would get very picky about what things I would audition for, and I still kind of am. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't waste a lot of time and energy. Also, I just kind of aged out of doing those giant cattle calls because they just oh, yeah. are a mess. But, I mean, they're not a mess if you're age-appropriate. If you're in your early 20s, live your best life. Mm-hmm. Once you get past 25, that may not be what you need. But, like, so just that advice worked really well for me. So... I, I say take any advice, take with a grain of salt, but definitely have like some confidence and run the information through multiple sources. Yeah, I think it's really great. Sometimes when I'm not sure about something, I'll talk, uh, I have to talk it out. I'm a big mm-hmm. like anything, like something's going on in my life that I, I feel okay to share. It's like something I need to talk it out because it helps me when I hear myself say it out loud. It helps me kind of yeah. understand and organize my thoughts better and actually hearing myself say it and also to to talk it out with a couple different people and kind of see what they think um, and how they feel. I mean, I that's exactly how I felt when I, because I, I do have a full-time job. I'm a full-time dance teacher with an elementary school and yeah. I am paid through the school. And one, you know, some bad advice, and we are going to have to do a whole episode about full-time jobs and dance uh, yeah. soon. Oh, yeah. But a little like sneak peek into it, some advice I did get was, well, if you want to continue to be a choreographer and if you want to get successful, like you have to freelance because you're not going to have time to be true. a choreographer and you're going to lose out on jobs and you're just like taking the easy road out. And you know what? Ooh, like, I hate that. Easy I talked to my mess. parents about it. I talked to so many different friends about it. I talked to this woman who was my voice teacher growing up, who I now work for at a, for a nonprofit organization that I go in and choreograph for, that she's the vocal director for. I got, I talked to her about advice. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We'll go into this in detail when we do the episode, but guess what? I'm a full-time dance teacher. It is my third year with this school. I work Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. I put on two to three full-length full-length dance shows at school every year. Mm-hmm. I have also choreographed an off-Broadway show. Last year I did that. I've done summer stock shows. And mm-hmm. I've even gone and worked with um, international kids from China over this past summer and did workshops with them. So you know what? I I am working. And that's a complete, that's a different episode. But the advice of like, my biggest bad advice I ever got was like, don't do a full-time job. So I really think going into what you said, Tony, like it just doesn't. you get that advice, like talk about it out loud, talk oh, some yeah. confidence, 
hear what other people have to say because you'll start to realize how you feel and what's important to you when you start to kind of hear the different perspectives. Oh, yeah. And that's one of those things of, like, I've even... Talk with your network. Like, that's a big thing. Like, I have friends of varying levels of... Excuse me. Of teachers and performers. And we constantly talk all the time, be it on social media or, like, sending messages about just different things that are happening in careers and fields and things like that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so... Everyone looks at things very differently, and that's what I appreciate it, you know, as I love it hearing from my friends that are purely performers, and they'll easily be like, oh my god, I'm not a teacher at all. And I will tell them some crazy, ridiculous thing that's happening, and they will go immediately, like, railing against the system, and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work when you work for an organization, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that I get where you're coming from, and I share your anger, and it's good to vent all this anger with you guys. But going back to a bunch of teachers, they're not going to roll with that. And they're like, oh, I totally get that makes kind of sense. And then I'll sit down with some choreographers and tell say tell the exact same story. And they'll be like, well, this is how you maneuver around it. So you'll get right. different, same advice from different people with just better responses or better handled way, better ways to handle it. So it's one of those things. I definitely say take all of it with a complete grain of salt. Oh, yeah. So let's move right along to I'm sorry what. Speaking of that ridiculous tap class that I have, so we missed our last Halloween episode, so I'll give you a good little spooky story here. So, being a freelancer in New York City, I never know the space that I am going to be in when I arrive at a school. Mm-hmm. I started at a school last week, and I teach tap dance and hip-hop and salsa for them. Um, very schizophrenic. It's so much fun. Um, the space that they gave me is... A converted locker room. So let's start with the pluses to this room. First of all, I have one side of the room. It's all mirrors. I think I might have shared it on my social media. It might be on the PYT social media of the of the dance room of like the mirrors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, like brand spank new mirrors. My janitors come through and clean the mirrors every day. I have a beautiful like um, wooden floor. They come through and clean my wooden floor every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, I have bathrooms in the room, like, I have my own contained space, it is, you know, that's great, and the fact that I have, I, my room is constantly cleaned, I absolutely love, have no problem with that. Complications to this room is that it was once a locker room, so therefore there are no windows in this room. Mm-hmm. So it constantly heats up, but also prior, like, after its life as a locker room, it became a storage room. So, a lot of the wiring has not been touched in years. So, as we are teaching, as I'm teaching flaps and shuffles to my sixth graders, half the lights in the room go out. Oh, my God. And I go, oh, my God. And half the room screams because they're in sixth grade. And they go, oh, my God, this is so scary. And I was like, I don't know whatever ghost is in here, but he needs to leave. Mm-hmm. All the lights cut on. I was like, that's, that's weird. Continue teaching class, finish at sixth grade. Seventh grade comes in. They're getting on their tap shoes. And we hear like a door slam. Mind you, there are no doors to slam. So we hear a door slam. I was like, oh my God, are you back? Just go away. This is my room now. We don't hear another door slam. The kids are like, what's going on? I tell them I have my sixth grade. Cut to today, where I had taught with them. We're teaching Maxi Fords today. As we're going through the things and routines, half the lights cut out again, and we hear the door slam. I, and this was with eighth grade this time. Nothing happened with eighth grade last week. So 
So when I'm in eighth grade, this time I go, look, I'm here Mondays and Fridays. Just give me the room on Mondays and Fridays. We hear two knocks and then the lights cut back on and we don't hear no more That's door slam. so creepy. <laughs> and I'm like, I tell like the teacher across the hall and he goes, we always thought it was haunted. And so when they moved in there, we did, we decided to not say anything because we thought that would be weird for your like first week here to tell you that your room's haunted. And I was like, well, we all know now because we've heard like knocking door slams and lights going out. But they're like, I mean, nothing's happened, right? They're like, no one's been injured or anything. I was like, no, and we don't want any craziness happening. No. So yeah, I look forward to teaching dance in a haunted That's classroom. That's exciting. Yes. <laughs> Keep us updated. So let's talk about class shout outs. We were sick and we didn't. Yes, but going back to some of the bad advice and the good advice of it, we were sick and so we rested. If you are sick, if you- Don't come to class. You are starting to not feel well. That is your body telling you, you must rest. And I have done the mistake in the past of, I'm just gonna go to class and sweat it out. I have done that before and you know what? It makes you feel better for about all 15 minutes until your whole body goes, what the hell just happened? Your fever spikes. You crash. So, as in- someone I currently teach elementary, middle, and high school, we are coming up on cold and flu season. Oh yes. Do and I get this as parents. You've paid for the lessons. You've most studios will reschedule, or most kind like do not push through when it comes specifically dance because a, a fever is a real thing and you yeah. can overheat and that creates more problems. But like yeah spreading your sickness to the entire room or specifically to your teachers and choreographers suck because we again there are some instances where we can't cancel and we can't get as much sleep as we want because we're adults yeah so please don't push don't push through i mean that was yeah that was literally last last week i just was in a sucky situation and could not call out of work and so i taught and i had the help of my older kids helping me lead warm up and do and teach exercises and stuff but um yeah yeah as a psa considering we were both sick if you are not feeling great just sleep just yeah get the rest that your body needs it's it's better to be dead again i had one crappy week so that i can continue with the rest of my semester school year like we we still have a full school year and we haven't reached the december shows either one of us yet so definitely take the time you need to rest and then go back to class yes Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at PointPYT. You can email us at pytnyc29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Punch Your Code, the adventures of the NYC Book.